Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. months back i'm just now getting around to it so thank you for your patience and um, let me read it to you i guess uh, hi grace i love your podcast and as an emerging artist from montreal canada it has been my constant companion through a very intense production period in this pandemic i found your podcast when i was looking for episodes pertaining to my lovely samsun a drama i fell in love with earlier this year after watching crash landing on you and getting a vicky subscription since then, I have listened to almost every single episode of your podcast. I love your insights into Korean culture, and some of the attitudes are very similar to those of my birth country, Pakistan. I know you mentioned Secret Garden being an okay drama, and while there were aspects of it I really loved, I'm really curious as to what it what made it such an iconic drama at the time it aired. Hyunbin's mother reminded me so much of the toxic Pakistani mothers-in-law, unrepentant and cruel, and even he reminded me of some of the boys from my dad's family. Other than that, congratulations on submitting your dissertation. I love your podcast. And while I cannot begin to fathom how much work goes into producing each episode, I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you and your insights. Your interviews are incredible, too. Thanks so much for such a great podcast. And I really hope you're able to continue in whatever format you find most feasible. Shazia. Thank you, Shazia, for such a lovely letter. And thank you for putting in a request. Um, as I encourage all my listeners to do, if you have a show that I haven't covered yet and you want me to cover it, put in a request and I will watch the show and I will cover it for you. This notion of the toxic mother or toxic mother-in-law, I mean, we always have to keep that in check uh, that even though it's a female individual, right? Like this cis female mother individual, what we're really seeing is patriarchy at its finest, right? Why does a mother or mother-in-law obsess over her son, right? And it's like, well, he's the ticket out. He's the ticket to her power. And if you watch any of those like Korean period dramas that are set in like the Joseon dynasty or the Goya dynasty, Shilla dynasty, like back in the day, I'm talking centuries ago, like a millennia ago. Those, if you watch those shows, you'll always see that the women are like obsessed with who they're going to marry and bearing a son. I mean, they're obsessed with these ideals because it has to do with accessing power their access to power was only their bodies, all right? And that is a result of patriarchy, controlling society, controlling women. And I do talk about this with my guest today. Thank you for your um, email. And uh, I'm very happy to talk about Secret Garden, which is a 2010 drama. It's a K-drama written by Kim Eun-suk. And all of you guys know who Kim Eun-suk is because she wrote some of the biggest K-drama hits in the history of Korean television, and that includes Descendants of the Sun, Goblin, the Great and Lonely God, Mr. Sunshine, The King Eternal Monarch, Lovers in Paris, A Gentleman's Dignity, All right? And Kim Eun-suk is currently working on a show called The Glory, which will star Song Hye-kyo, 
And it's a mini series with just eight episodes. And the director is An Kil Ho, who directed Record of Youth. And honestly, like he's directed some pretty awful shows. Like one of them is Memories of Alhambra, which you'll find on Netflix. And it stars Hyun Bin. It's, it's trash. It stars Hyun Bin. And he is also the star of Secret Garden. Secret Garden is very often cited as one of those shows that is probably the most queer. Um, but, you know, like, whatever is the most of anything is just, it's all relative, right? Like, I mean, who gives a shit? I would say Secret Garden is a queer show. A lot of people say that Secret Garden is a queer show alongside Coffee Prince. Like, they'll cite those two as the most queer. But again, it's like, who gives a shit about what is the most queer? It's just like, yeah, there's queerness present. Uh, Secret Garden also does feature a gay character. That gay character, uh, unfortunately, is... And very typically is standing on the sidelines and just kind of being this uh, distant admirer of his crush. And uh, he unfortunately has to deal with unrequited love. And that's a very common trope in a lot of TV shows and films, not just in Korea, but like all over the place, right? Of course, that's changing nowadays with the increase in queer texts, but uh, to this day, I would say queer characters are still highly marginalized in Korean dramas. A lot of them do not get to have a happy ending with their lovers. And that is the unfortunate truth. And I believe that that should start to change very, very soon. We are seeing more and more queer rhetoric entering Korean dramas increasingly. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I'd say that Korean television shows have always had a high amount of queerness, though. You know, like any form of excess in storytelling or excessive affect or pushing the boundaries of realism, these can all be interpreted as queerness in a text. In the case with Secret Garden, there's also an argument for gender fluidity. I would say that's perhaps the biggest argument of queerness in this show. So Kim Ju-won, played by Hyun Bin, He's this rich brat and the heir of a department store. And Kilain, played by Hajiwon, is an orphan. She's a working class woman who also works as a stunt actor. And they develop this relationship that initially starts off very rocky. That's very typical of most rom-coms. And then they eventually fall in love, right? But they also get lost in the mountains and they drink some booze that switches their bodies <laughs> whenever it rains. So Kilain would have Chuan's body and Chuan would have Daim's body. And it's like a very weird sort of thing, but it's happening. It's happening on the show, right? This sort of like hang up over like genitalia is it's very brief. It doesn't really stay for too long. Really, you see the difference in who is who based on how the actor plays that other character. And I think that's really a testament to like, yeah, gender doesn't really matter, you know, like who you are as a person matters, your personality, your character, like those things matter. So um, I thought that was a positive aspect of this show. The show is very weird. The queerest character for me in the show was actually the restaurant owner in the mountain, played by Kim Mi-kyung, who is an actress you've seen in numerous K-dramas playing a mom. So this actress plays the medium for Laim's father's body. And Laim's father is played by Chong Ingi. And if you look at shamanism in Korea, there is also this great deal of gender fluidity that's present. So the female shaman can ch channel or serve male spirits, and male shamans can do the same for female spirits. And sometimes 
a lot of the times, actually, shamans will dress in what we'd call drag in the queer community, but they'll wear clothes that are, you know, very gender specific, regardless of their own gender, right? In order to channel these spirits or serve these spirits or, or do their thing. Of course, gender queerness doesn't have to be confined to the liminalities of spirituality or fantasy. But if you listen to Jackie Monahan's podcast, where I appear in as a guest, I talk to her about this gender queer people are like gods. You know, we have a lot to learn from the queer community and from the gender queer folks specifically and the trans folks. You know, in fact, we learn from them all the time, whether society wishes to admit this or not. But gender queer members of our society are the ones who teach us how to break out of molds and conventions and how to really align with our true selves. Uh, they teach us how to be honest with ourselves, which requires questioning and asking and seeking and receiving support and answers. And um, I recently wrote a poem about my higher power and how my higher power is not gender specific. And I refer to them as they. And that feels a lot more right to me than any notion of a higher power being a father, which is like disgusting and weird. That's my take on Secret Garden. I do have a few shows coming up um, for the month of August. I mean, it's still very early. It's August 2nd. It's very, very early. So who knows if this will change. But August 20th, I have a show. And August 22nd, I have a show. Um, also, tonight, August 2nd, I do have a show in uh, North Hollywood. But, you know, it's, it's not really a show. I don't really recommend people come to that. In fact, a couple of people did come to that show last month and they left after like a few minutes because it was so awful. I was sitting in my car waiting for my time because it is an awful show. Like I can't even sit there and bear it. So I had to um, sit in my car and wait it out and I missed, I missed my guests, but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to plug that one. You, you don't even need, need to know where it is, but August 20th and August 22nd, I definitely have shows. I will post details of that on my website and you may come to that. I guess uh, other updates of mine, I don't know, like last Tuesday, I was really um, meditating hard about how to become fearless. And, you know, that's still a big question for me. But like, you know, some of the answers that I got, I, I might have mentioned it is that and I need to be brave. And that I can ask for the impossible that I should ask for the impossible. And that I can, you know, just rely on myself at all times. And um, some some of the sort of repressed traumatic memories that have been re-emerging the last couple of weeks were also a bit, I mean, it, it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I had to do some sort of self-compassion exercises to process them, right? Like, you can't get rid of any traumas without processing them. You know, like it's just a matter of processing them and then letting it become a part of you, like add to a part of you, not have control over you. Right. Like that's the point. And so the way I processed it was, you know, through this exercise that I learned from my therapist, which is that, you know, you sort of return to that place, which had happens like it just happens through flashbacks, you know, when I'm least expecting it. Um, and it just comes up. And when it comes up, rather than um, shake it off or, you know, pretend like it's not there or get mad and have this like angry sort of dialogue back and forth with the mind, which is what I tend to do, um, I sort of side up with myself, like my 
my young self in that moment. And I stand behind her and I, I tend to all of her feelings. You know, I ask her what she's feeling or I acknowledge what she's feeling. I honor all of her feelings. And then I tell her that like, she has nothing to be afraid of or nothing to worry about that. I am here to protect her. And, uh, and I ask her, I'm like, what would you like me to do right now? You know, what is it that you would like me to do? Want me to tell them off? Want me to escort them out? You know? So that's what I've been doing. It's like, this is my house. My body's my house. And all these beings in there, all these people who are adding these misconceptions of myself, you know, misperceptions, mis self-perceptions, like they added in, they've been added in since my childhood, you know, parents have done it. So-called friends have done it. You know, authority figures like teachers have done it, like pastors have done it. A lot of pastors have done this. Um, and they just like, you know, I mean, a lot of them were bullies. I mean, I will honestly admit like that's sort of the the weird and rough conclusion that I had to come to is that I was severely bullied in my Korean American church growing up. You know, it was the same church I went to from age eight to 18, but like, you know, 10 years of being bullied and gaslit and told that like everything about me is wrong. I mean, that's like really rough. And there were these like very specific moments that just started to like peek out from inside of me from in my mind. And I had to deal with it. I really had to deal with it. And, you know, the only reason why they're coming up now is because it's time to get rid of them. I mean, it's time to clean house, you know? So I just said to them, I was like, thanks for your visit, but I need to ask you to leave. You know, this is my house. This is where I want peace and calm and you're disturbing that. And that's not okay. So I got to escort you out, you know, don't let the door hit you in the ass because it's going to ruin my door. It's feasible. I mean, I know that all of us deal with it every single day. You know, all of us deal with some kind of battle in our minds. There's some person or some moment in our past that nags at us and it's possible to sweep them out. That's your house. That's your mind. That's your heart. That's a place where you deserve absolute peace and calm. And you have every right to escort people who do not belong in there out of there. And you have the ability to do it. So, um, that's what I was doing these last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's been cathartic. It's been cathartic, but also very emotionally draining. I mean, that's the downside. It does, it is very emotionally taxing to do those exercises because it's a process, you know, you don't get anything without some form of work. You know, it's, it's a lot of work to do that. That's why it's taxing. That's why after I do it, I'm like, I need a nap, you know? So um, because of that, I've been a bit fatigued, but, you know, I've also like been hanging out with my friends a lot and that's been awesome. You know, like I went on a hike to Switzer Falls with Kristen Lundberg and that was great. You know, it was like this beautiful, marvelous little place that I never have been to, but you hike through a forest and then at the end of the hike is this water hole with like just natural creek water. And you can swim in there and splash around. So we did that and it was fucking fantastic. And then when we're walking back, I mean, this was the terrifying part. Like there, there were these rocks. There were a lot of rocks, but like there were some rocks that were just covered in little tiny black worm like things. And I could not look at them 
for a long time because if I dwelled on them, I would I would have freaked out. I mean, that's like my I have a severe insect phobia, worm phobia. I have a phobia of holes and things like that. So this was extremely triggering, and I had to basically squint throughout the whole hike back. So that's the downside. Is like I don't know what time of day or I mean this this was like around 5 p.m. So maybe around 5 p.m. is when this happens. So that was fucking freaky as hell. But we saw a lot of animals. Like we saw a chipmunk. We saw some, we saw like four deer. We saw, we saw a frog. We saw a tadpole that was becoming a frog. Like it was a frog, but it still had the tadpole tail. But unfortunately it was dead. Like he had just died when we encountered it. Uh, We saw a bird. It was like a blue and black bird. It's not a blue jay. It was like blue but it was also black. So I have no idea what bird it was, but it was a very noisy bird. And um, I remember like we were eating cherries and this bird was staring at us. Um, But it was a fun hike. And one of the things that I learned from this hike, this particular hike, even though I've been to many hikes, I've been to the forest many times, is like trees grow in all different directions. You know, like oftentimes in a drawing, we'll draw a tree like upright and try to draw it as straight as possible. But a lot of trees grow in multiple different directions i mean we saw a tree that was literally like like almost touching the ground like horizontally growing like levitating across the ground and it was alive this was a tree that was just growing that way just straight like horizontally and i'm like wow that's wild you know so like i i just kind of learned from my own illustration and art purposes it's like well trees grow in all different directions and there's just really like why should we draw trees straight you know sort of relearning that um in fact a lot of nature looks as though it was artificially made you know like we saw so many like patterns in trees that looked like faces you know we saw so many like branches that just looked specifically like it was designed into a peace sign you know but that's just how they're growing so um i think that's sort of the cosmic hilarity of nature you know it's like all right nature is random and yet within that randomness we find some kind of familiarity and you know i guess that's somehow like reconnecting and i I think that's why human beings need to go out into nature a lot and this and that we're just gonna have to resigned to the fact that there's going to be another lockdown i think there's just going to be another lockdown like i'm mentally and emotionally prepared for that already i'm okay with it so be careful out there is all i can say today i'm going to talk to kelly ryan who is a very very funny comedian she is a beast like she is a killer i met kelly in la um kelly is a regular at a lot of these LA clubs, including the world famous comedy store. She is a hilarious comedian. She is queer as well. Um, She is from Connecticut originally, but she currently lives in Portland. I think, I guess she's moving back to LA now. Sounds like she's in, she's in the transition phase of moving back to Los Angeles. But throughout the whole quarantine for like a year and a half, she was in Portland for a while doing comedy over there. Uh, but she's back in town, back in L.A. doing her thing. Uh, Kelly was one of the um, comics that was on my show in Portland alongside Simon Gibson. Both very, very funny people. 
and it was a blast. And, you know, she's just overall like a, a wonderful person. So let's talk to Kelly Ryan. My poorly behaved Chihuahua is now officially a service dog. So he is getting all of his stuff today Okay. for it. <laughs> Good for him. Yes, he has been promoted. So yeah. we'll see. What's the um, process in getting your dog to be a service dog? Uh, you fill out a form and you pay some money and that's pretty much it. <laughs> So, <laughs> hey, hey, psycho. What's your dog's name? His, his full name is Superintendent. They named him that at the shelter, and now his name is just Soup. So, <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. He's really great. He's just a Chihuahua, so yeah. he's crazy. But yeah, yeah, I heard that. Um, you know, Chihuahuas like. Everybody thinks that Chihuahuas are like they have this um, irritable personality and that they're mm -hmm. like insecure, blah blah blah. But mm -hmm. they're not like they—they're dogs, right? Yeah. And you know, dogs are like pack animals, and they need to have a yeah. sense of purpose. It's just that mm -hmm. they're so small, and human beings treat them like toys, and yeah. they start going insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, he's super protective and his, uh, we will actually like howl with him. It's very funny. <laughs> he loves feeling like he's in a pack, even though he's clearly not, but he loves feeling that way. And he yeah. also, he, um, because I have such good hearing, mm. it's like any little thing can kind of set him off. Yeah. Um, he's just really smart. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah were the fireworks going off over in your area no so we were up in seattle actually this weekend and okay. i think there's some some rule up now in the pacific northwest where you can't light them because of the fires and everything oh so there yeah. really weren't many fireworks at all okay which that's was amazing. great yeah that's yeah. Really amazing. <laughs> yeah because you know LA, what about near you it's full of dogs and it's full of fires and yeah. they still set them off like, I, I don't think there's any way to stop them, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe Fire. the whole city just needs a team meeting. Which <laughs> <laughs> is never going to happen. No. <laughs> um, how are you liking it over there? In, well, it's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> it's, um, I'm, I'm not really used to the very, there are a lot of passive aggressive people and I'm just not used to that. So uh, getting, yeah. getting adjusted to that is definitely a mm -hmm. new, a new yeah. vibe, if uh -huh. you will. <laughs> uh -huh. well, LA didn't give you enough of that already. Well, I think it was kind of expected because it was like, okay, all these people yeah. are fake and they're trying to boost their career sure. and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's like here they're passive aggressive. And I'm like, but you're not even trying to climb a social ladder or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, there's no motive to being rude. It's just right. to be rude. <laughs> I know. I understand that. I was actually... Um... I was in Boise, Idaho, right before mm -hmm. visiting Portland last, like a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And Boise, Idaho was the same. Like, yeah, people were not nice there. And I was like, where do you guys get the gall to be dicks? Like your city's not cool enough for you to. I don't know. I don't know. It's very strange. And I, well, I, even last night I had an incident where we were out in Seattle and these girls were yeah. just being so mean to me for no reason. I was like, what is going on? 
like like I, comics or just like social settings just random girl we were at like a trivia night and these girls oh. were just talking smack and i was just like hating excuse yeah just haters that's <laughs> so weird that's weird i know <laughs> yeah i don't understand what that is about like i like portland i i've been to portland like for the first time two years ago for the haha mm -hmm. ha harvest comedy festival and oh okay i really liked that experience a lot because i thought the festival was amazing the people who were running it were amazing and i met a mm -hmm. lot of portland comics but there was this one incident when i went back this time like like two three weeks ago when i was there mm -hmm. um i went to a mic it was at the garage like the like oh Monday yeah 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 yep and and uh um i don't want to say your name but what fuck it, i'll just say it it's it's Ling, who i'm sure you know oh do you know Ling? i okay. know she's, of a, her. She, she's a portland comic she's very very okay. funny I, we don't really know each other like that but after the festival sure. she added me on facebook right mm -hmm. and then i did their podcast twice right uh-huh and so I, oh, no. I go to the garage. I see her. Go <laughs> I'm up bracing on stage. myself for whatever this is. I see her go up on stage. She she destroys. She does amazing. And she comes down and she sits right behind me. So I turn around. And I'm like, hey, nice set. And she looks at me like, like she has no idea who I am. And I was like, it's Grace, Jung. And she's like, hey. I was like, you don't know who I am, do you? She's like, no. I was like, I did your podcast twice. Oh you added me on Facebook. Fuck you. <laughs> she was oh just my like, God. She was like, my bad. I was like, man, fuck you. Good set though. <laughs> Which I meant. I meant. Like, I I think she's a great comic. She's really bold. She's like uninhibited. She's amazing. But like, I, I just, I don't. Oh, this girl. It's hard for me to accept somebody who can't remember me after I do her show twice. <laughs> no, no. What? That doesn't make any. I don't. Uh, I mean, it's almost laughably. Yeah. Just rude. I, I'm like I'm shocked at the idea. Even if you did it once, even if you. <laughs> Even if you've just met each other a couple of times, there aren't yeah. that many women in comedy. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> wow, what a fumble. Is, it, it happens a lot, right? Because we're comics, we meet a lot of people, see a lot of faces. So even yeah. if we don't fully remember name and face, if somebody comes up to you as if they recognize you and says hello, the natural explanation is just to be like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, what's up? Like it happened to me yesterday, right? I was like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, what's up? Yeah, good to see you, you know? It's just, just be friendly, you know? Like don't. <laughs> yeah, that is so, yeah. I mean, no, there's just no tact there to not even act like you know what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah, I agree, it's tactless. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It lacks tact. Oh, that is funny. But, but oh. she's a great comic. And, you know, there are a lot of comedians, you know, like, I mean, you, your buddies with uh, Simon Gibson. Yes. Amazing comedian. Amazing mm -hmm. person, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, there are plenty of people like that. So, I mean, it's for me, it's an anomaly, yeah. but, like, 
Um, I do sense that like there's some LA comics out here who were like, oh, can you put me in touch with some Portland comics because I want to visit Portland? And I tried. I was like, yeah, talk to this person, this person, this person. And then she said she she couldn't get in touch with anybody. Like everybody ignored her emails and like nobody is they're like unpenetrable. And I was just like, oh, that's that's weird. Like, so yeah. I think it's um, it's like somehow for some reason it's somehow more insular than LA. Yeah. And it's like once you penetrate through that that mold and once you're in, you're like family. But yeah, it's like before that, it's like, I don't know what it is that you need to do. Yeah. Well, they so it's a very and I felt this way when I first got here. It was a very prove yourself mentality. Like, oh. who are these people coming into our city type of thing, right. which I get. It's a yes. smaller scene, you know, whatever. Whereas yeah. in L.A., there are so many scenes within the scene, you know, like it's right. you can be on the alt side. You can do clubs. You yeah. can do, you know, stuff in Orange County. Like uh -huh. there's so many different areas to be a part of. Oh. And then with Portland, like there's really only one club, yeah. so you're all fighting for those spots, right. you know, and and then there, at, especially at this time too, like, you know, a few months ago, there weren't that many shows, yeah. so people are fighting for stage time. It's just, it's, yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And right now you're doing that Portland's funniest person at the Helium yes. or something, right? Yeah, yep. I saw yep. that you like made one. I saw like somebody's announcement. You made one of the rounds. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah which, the um, yeah, the next round is the. I guess there's only three. It's so the preliminaries, and then next round is the semifinals, and then it's the finals. Um, yeah. but mine is August fifth, uh -huh. so I have plenty of time to yeah. prepare. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much time do you need to do for that? I think it's the same as this last one, which was like five to six minutes. Okay. And so I think it might be similar, maybe a bit longer. I'm not okay. sure. But this is the round where it's um, not judged by the audience. It's actual judges that come in and everything. Oh, interesting. That's mm -hmm. so interesting. So there would be like yeah. veteran comics or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like on last week when I did it, it was um, – like there was one guy who he was very funny, but he brought like 30 people and they yeah. all voted for him, you know, type yeah. of thing. So yeah. um, some rounds, you know, that happens for everybody that wins. So like some rounds are going to have very new comics mm -hmm. who won and are now going to the semifinals. So it's going to be either really new comics mm -hmm. or like veterans that yeah. are it's going like head to head essentially. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that funny when uh, comedy like bringer shows end up becoming a popularity contest rather than? Yeah, yeah. I've dealt with my fair share of uh, Uncle Clyde's comedy contests at Flappers, <laughs> where I have continued to come in third, and I get the bucket of French fries, and <laughs> I leave fuming because <laughs> I didn't bring anybody ever. Yeah. But I was like. You know, and so I would never pass on to the next round, and I would always just stand there with a huge yeah. pile of French fries, tater tots, whatever. And I mean, Flapper's got some dope ass tater tots. I mean, I'll oh, I'm not hating on the food at all, <laughs> but, at all. I, but it's like you'd rather just win the comedy competition and get the recognition that you yeah, deserve, right? Or just move on to the next rest, something. But yes, yes. I mean, you can't win them all, you know. You can't. And, you know, it's. <laughs> 
I don't know how you feel about it, but like I'm I'm personally like morally and ethically against the whole bringer show concept. Like Yeah. It's I, shitty. I really don't like it. I'm like no. you. I don't bring I don't tell people and bring people to things, you yeah. know. To to my detriment, because a lot of these like alt show bookers are like, bring people, like bring people. You gotta bring yeah. people, like sell, sell. And I'm like, fucking, that's the producer's job. Like, I don't want to have to do this pyramid scheme thing for you. You know, it's, a, <laughs> it's very pyramid schemey. And uh, yeah, I got caught into um, when I first moved to LA. I didn't understand what a bringer show was at yeah. all. Yeah, and um, I got asked to. Uh, someone said, oh, does anyone want this spot at the comedy store? It's in the main room. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a it's a show that's like a brand, like it's one night only. We just found out that we have to do it, yada, yada, yada. Right. So I reached out to the woman and I was like, I am more than down to perform in the comedy store main room. You know, I'm like young and I'm like, you know, like I, yeah. I definitely down. She goes, okay, all you have to do is bring at least 30 people. <sighs> and I just moved to LA. So I was like, I don't even know 30 people, <laughs> but believe it or not, I did somehow find a way of filling up the what? first few rows and wow. getting like 35 people there. And after that, I was like, I have been scammed. Yeah. I wasn't even paid, Not, yeah. I mean, nothing. And yeah. the only reason there was an audience was because of my- Your 35. Unbelievable uh, <laughs> ability to, I guess, gather people who had yeah. no idea who I was, so. Yeah, it's a superpower. You have like a yeah. premier superpower. Lord. And I'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it sucks. It it's not. It's not honest. It's very very dishonest. That's what I don't like about yeah. it. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you're not from. You're not from SoCal, are you? No. Are you no, I um I grew up in Connecticut, and then oh. I lived in Texas for school and stayed there for a minute, and then I moved to, uh, Southern California. So, so. you're tri-state area chica. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where are you from? I'm from New York. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you're so like realistic and down to earth and yes, everything. Okay. Yes. That's why yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like, there's something East Coasty about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Connecticut to Texas, that's like a huge jump. Did you like it yeah. in Texas? I like parts of it, you know, um, but there are other things like I, I actually just went back a couple weeks ago. I was drunk and bought a plane ticket with one of my friends. And so we went back to the area where we went to school Yeah. and some of it again, I loved. And then other things, it's just like, you can tell that there is mm. just a mm -hmm. degree of difference in like how mm. women are treated versus men, sure. you know, sure. And it what gets exhausting. Texas food. Oh yeah. Food, the music is great. Like the bar scene is fantastic. Yeah, um, it's truly a. Uh, it's my favorite city. Fort Worth is my favorite city to go out in. It's just so much fun. Wow. Like, the it, there's always live music. There's always something going on. Um, yeah, and the people for the most part are very very nice. Oh. Um, it's just sometimes you get a hint of misogyny and sexism <laughs> and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I actually because I'm applying for jobs and stuff right now. Mm -hmm. There was like a Texas Tech University, TTU. Yep. Mm -hmm. They were looking for some postdoctoral researcher thing. 
and they were mm -hmm. asking questions that like no other application had asked me things about like are you 25 are you a man and did you do this and that i'm like what like what the mm. fuck are these weird questions so yeah. maybe that has something to do with this misogynistic culture you're speaking of yeah they're trying to a lot of universities in texas are trying to change because they are facing pretty much just a lot of backlash for how they've been acting you know it's i mean there's just it's almost like they're 50 years behind everybody else so they're probably taking steps forward now of like yeah. okay how do i how do we hire more women how do we you know hire people of different different ethnicities different backgrounds all that right. good stuff because they're trying to make up for all of the horror that they have caused yeah <laughs> since since the conception of texas as a state yes yeah yes yeah and all the people that they killed and dislocated and blah blah, blah. yeah yeah so, okay that makes sense yeah and you're right it is slow like the 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 ttu's job application the search it was the call was literally like a postdoctoral fellowship for anti-racism like that's it's very oh. straightforward and blatant <laughs> like that like it's not specific to any any field it's just very broadly yeah. anti-racism position like, yep yep who, who, anybody <laughs> whoever and then they ask these like weird ass questions in the application and i'm like you understand racism structural, right? Like this is part of the issue. Like your application in and of, in and of itself is a problem. Yeah. Like, they're but, like, how? yeah, they're just looking for a simple solution to a massive issue that they don't understand the layerings <laughs> of. Like it's, <laughs> it's just, uh, man, yeah, they, well, that's what I told because uh, when everyone was moving to Austin, my boyfriend was like, would you ever want to move to Austin? I yeah. said, as long as Greg Abbott is the mayor of, <laughs> or the governor or whatever the fuck yeah. of Texas, yeah. there's no way in hell I am moving there. That yeah. man hates women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just not happening. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people who hate women that much, it's because they are jealous of women, you know? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I made this very conscious decision while I was on acid. <laughs> that sure. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am never going to have children because mm -hmm our society doesn't know how to value the miracle that our bodies are, which is that we can conceive children. Like we can yeah. make human beings. Men can't yeah. do that. No. We'll just take a little bit of their jizz and we'll just like inseminate ourselves if we wanted. Like we don't need men to make no. a human population, but we can. And because society knows this and patriarchy knows this, they do everything they can to control us, mm -hmm. you know, control mm -hmm. our bodies. And I was like, for as long as you don't value women's bodies for the worthiness that they are, I am never going to give you what you want, which is another person, a labor force, some some money maker, some something. I'm I'm not going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, with that, they're just. I mean, I think women for the longest time have been told exactly what our plan has to be in life, exactly how everything has to go, et cetera, et cetera. And now that women are finally saying, hold on a second, you can't run everything. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are now oppressed. <laughs> the fact that I cannot control you means that you are controlling me for not being able to control you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where are my rights? Where are my men's rights? 
as a man, <laughs> as a white man, where are they? Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not like that. You know, I want everybody to feel empowered. I think anybody's sense of disempowerment is what spreads this yeah. this lie which is that you are disempowered but i learned something recently it's that power is inherent to every individual it's not something that can be given or taken away it's like you have mm-hmm. power inherently mm-hmm. it's just you yourself need to needs to believe that and know that fully mm-hmm. and the process or the way in which you come to understanding that is what takes so long mm-hmm. it's what takes so much time and that that's yeah, it's why kind of it's kind of like we're all born at a like a zero meter Mm -hmm. and whatever way you i guess let people take power goes one way and then you have to be the one to push it the other way right type of thing but everyone's kind of set with the same ability yeah to you know better their selves or Uh whatever everyone has this that same compass if they whether whatever way they want to move it is you know you have the it's control. Up, it's up to them. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. have the choice. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to swallow, but it's, it's, you know, maybe it's like similar to what you're encountering over in the Northwest. It's like this lack of feeling of abundance, kind of like, you know, in LA, yeah, everybody's competitive and fake and whatever, but it's like, there are, it's so big and there's so many scenes, as you say. So there's this no concept of abundance. It's like, I'll always get stage time. I'll always have an audience. There will always be people to fuck with. And Mm -hmm. then in the Northwest, it's like, no, like this is all we have. We have one Mm -hmm. comedy club, we have one scene and it's like, we're all fighting for it. And it's that, Mm -hmm it's like not being able to break free from that that mentality yeah. that's turning everybody into assholes yeah they're also their way of tearing people down is very interesting it never has anything to do with comedy it's always like this person isn't as good of a person as i am type oh, of thing wow. so it's very like because remember the drama that i messaged you about uh-huh. it's like that like non-stop where it's just like well he said this and she said this and so i was at this mic and he brought up this woman oh with this God. intro so now we all hate him and it's like okay <laughs> people like you are in stand-up comedy if you think that white men are gonna crush every time with their intros you're out of your mind <laughs> sorry <laughs> It's so tiresome <laughs> to really juggle all those things, you know? Yeah. Well, it's uh, you feel, I mean, gosh, you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time. Yeah. All yeah. of the time. It's like... I, I mean, LA has has its share of, of that, too. Like, Yeah. I mean, I think any scene does, but it's like if, mm-hmm. if like, almost everybody around you is like that, then, yeah, that's stressful as fuck, you know? Like, yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. like, Oregon's big. Isn't it? It's got like yeah, and multiple cities. Portland is the second you step outside of Portland, you are like no longer in this hyper liberal space. Uh-huh. So everywhere, it's literally like night and day. I mean, uh-huh. I consider myself to be like leaning, you know, leaning left, uh-huh. um, but I'm not like a hyper anything mm-hmm. type of individual. Right. I'm just not, and right. so like. When I leave Portland, my sets are entirely different in front of these audiences because mm-hmm. they are not, um, I mean, certain just terminologies they don't know. 
You know, like they've never, these people have never seen a transgender person in their life. Like they, it is like stepping into a whole nother universe. Yeah. So for a lot of comedians and a lot of people in Portland, when they have this all like high and mighty attitude and right. then they go to these towns, they bomb because the towns are like, we don't understand what kind of, we don't understand any of the words you're saying because. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, there was, I was, uh, there was a set that I, um, last week when I was at Helium, there was a comedian who went up and he used the word cisgender a lot. Oh. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, so obviously in Portland, everyone knows what cisgender is. Mm -hmm. But if he went down to, you know, the, Albany, Oregon, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. used the word cisgender, people would be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, it's... <laughs> And then they'll get mad because they're like, why is he talking down to me? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, this guy thinks he's hotshot because he lives in the big city. Blah, 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 blah. You know, what you're <laughs> saying right now is actually you're identifying the one of the core problems of our left progressive liberal group, which is yeah. that we have a lot of terminologies, a lot of jargon to define yes. microaggression, critical race, and la, la, la. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... But it's like a lot of Americans are, you know, they're undereducated. Our public school yeah. systems are shit. Um, yep. My parents who are Democrats, like staunch mm -hmm. Democrats, they're immigrants. They don't speak English well. Mm -hmm. And they watch Fox News. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why the hell are you always watching Fox News? And my mom... Mm -hmm. My mom, she tried to explain it recently and it just didn't yeah. make any sense. She's like, well, I like how they say like it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? And then they just go to the, <laughs> they just go to the weather and then they go to the really fast news rundown and then I could just sleep. And I was like, I was like, you watch Fox News because their English is a lot easier. And because she was just so, like, yeah, OK. I was like, that's yeah. why a lot of migrant workers watch Fox News and some of them will turn into that ideology yep. and mm -hmm. uh you know like i met this pro bernie woman like from torrance she was like so mm -hmm. pro bernie and mm -hmm. she's you know she's like third generation japanese american woman and she's like so pro bernie and she was just like why do why do your parents watch fox news and i was like this is something that you and i need to understand it's like our parents don't speak english well a lot of mm -hmm. people in southern california don't speak english well come on mm -hmm. They're yeah. going to watch easier English, easier news. So what does that tell us on the liberal side? We need to fucking get off our goddamn high horses. You know, yeah. we need to we need to equip, our, equip ourselves with the ability to talk to one another without making them feel like idiots, even if yeah. that is not our intention. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, how do we actually communicate without using jargon? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's kind of the, um, you know, it's, and I think it's across the board. I mean, not even yeah. just with political stuff, but also like yeah. when, when someone will say, oh, they're a narcissistic sociopath. It's like, okay, my parents are like, that's what we just call an asshole. That's it. <laughs> like, I don't need a clinical description of what yeah. is going on to know to stay the hell away from them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's just a dick. Do you and mean he's, he's just a, a dick? dick? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean he's like a like a what do you call it? The B level bipolar disorder. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, well, literally. Yeah. What do you I mean, mean on the say. spectrum of what? What are you talking about? Like, yeah. Just say they're a little off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure it they're out. A they're a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, it's totally. I mean, I went to Montana last summer. Yeah. And wow. loved Montana. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yeah. They're so funny, too, because they're like, we don't really identify with any political thing because we're just all Montanans. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> okay, we are simplifying everything. Yeah. But they, I mean, are just starting to use, a f like, Facebook a lot. Oh they... God. Everybody has an Android. If you have an iPhone, you're stupid because why <laughs> would you spend money on a phone like that? That is like, stupid. It's, a They're totally right. different demographic. Lord, yeah. And it's like these people are, and they're all doing it, so it's yeah. not like, mm -hmm. it, like we were the weird ones. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I can't imagine if like some of them, you know, because I, I love some of them. They're great. And we're yeah. obviously friends on Facebook and all that yeah. stuff. And But the stuff that they talk about online, like the stuff, I mean, it's just... If I sent them the, like, I guess, posts that are in... Are you in Comedy Gal Pro Tips? Yeah. If I sent them some of those posts, they'd be like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? Yeah. You know? They'll be like, this is a problem? This, I didn't know this was a problem. I didn't know this was a problem. And that's, that's the thing. Like, you tell people about comedy drama, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like... You guys are just adult clowns creating your own sadness at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking yeah. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's this film called Sweetgrass. Mm -hmm. And it's literally about um, Montana cowboys herding sheep in the mountains. It's like sure. an hour and a half long film. <laughs> That's all it is. And it is beautiful. It's like epically oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and like when I saw that, I was like, man, it, Montana looks gorgeous. And yeah. uh, there was another film. I used to work in film distribution in New York. And there was mm -hmm. another film um, about like, like a Swiss French man who does this like long journey with a herd of sheep and donkeys and dogs. And he goes across. <laughs> it's called the Transhumans way of like herding sheep like you literally uh -huh. take a group of sheep and you just fatten them up by just taking them across the land and this is like <laughs> yeah this is is a form of method of farming that like is kind of gone it's like this long tradition of fattening your sheep up that's just forgotten now they just kind of feed them like in a, in a little cage or whatever but like back in the day you would just go on this journey for like weeks with your sheep that and rules yeah, it's amazing. It's an it's an amazing movie. And I was like telling my boss at the time, I was like, let's get this film. And he's like, mm -hmm. he's like, Americans don't want to watch movies with subtitles. I was like, Sweetgrass made like $200,000 in the box office. And he's like, uh -huh. he's like, that's American. I was like, it's Montana. That movie needed subtitles. I couldn't yeah. understand. <laughs> A fucking word that those cowboys were saying, you know, literally. Get right? on sheep, bring Oh my bro. god! <laughs> you might as well be bagging pots and pans next to my ears right now because I can't understand a fucking word. Didn't you have a hard time understanding them? Oh, I 
<laughs> half of the stuff it's just kind of one of those things where you're like uh-huh yeah no yeah, yeah and you sure. laugh a lot you're like, yeah uh-huh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i hope it was okay to laugh yeah, yeah. no yeah they they <laughs> they're just very i asked um we were at a restaurant and i asked if they had egg whites instead of just regular eggs of course and if <laughs> If you have eggs, you have egg whites, okay? I don't need to go into the math of all of it, but whatever. And I said, oh, do you guys have do egg white omelets? And she goes, oh, we actually have whole eggs here. <laughs> and I go, yeah. I go, okay. She goes, yeah, so we don't have egg whites. And I was like, of course, sure. You're dealing with just a different group of people. I was like, what are you trying to say to me? Like, what are you... Just say no. Just say no. <laughs> Don't try to go about the science of it because clearly. Yeah. There's whole eggs only here. There's a whole <laughs> eggs kind of state. <laughs> okay. Why don't you go back to where you're from? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. yeah they just, food. they're. You have kind it, of a it's... strict diet, don't you? Like you can't eat. Oh, I have the worst diet ever. Yeah. The worst diet. I'm allergic to <laughs> gluten, tomatoes, sesame seeds, almonds, peanut butter, and peanuts. <laughs> or wait, not peanut butter, peanuts. Peanuts and I'm not supposed to have garlic, but I, garlic wow. is so good. I have it's to put so it in like everything. Yeah. So Damn. that's the only one that I can really kind of get away with, but yeah. everything else, yeah. no dice. Is your Is your sister the same way or can she eat stuff? No, she's just allergic to bell peppers and avocado. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Very specific things as well. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I, the bell peppers is just like really bad acid reflux. Oh, you know? uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm sure I'll get that trait later on or something. <laughs> you and your <laughs> You and your sister do a podcast, right? Yes, we do Just Talking, which we're on a bit of a hiatus right now because I've been out of town for like the past five weekends. Oh, wow. Just be bopping around, so... We haven't done one in a minute, but we're going to get back on track this week. And uh, oh, yeah, it's really fun, though. also there? In Portland? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. You guys all migrated over to Portland. Yeah, because it was... So obviously, the, the Novel coronavirus was uh -huh. too bad. So we moved uh, because we were like, let's just go save money. Sure. A three-bedroom up here is the same price as Bruce's one-bedroom mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. it was like, let's just go save money while yeah. nothing's open. Right. Um, and I work from home, so it was mm -hmm. like an easy switch. And then mm -hmm. my sister quit her job yeah. like a week before the pandemic happened. And okay. then, of course, she couldn't get a job after yeah. that. Yeah. And then Bruce, my boyfriend, works at the comedy store. So yeah. they were shut down. Yeah. So we were like, let's just get out of here, like, for a minute. And so we'll be up here until the end of September. But I'm excited okay. to go back. Yeah. So, no, we're ready yeah. to have you back, too. It's like yeah. the comedy scene here, like, things are back open now. Mics are going mm -hmm. back up. Shows are going back up. And it's weird. I'm, like, seeing all these people I've never seen before yeah you know, and sometimes they'll come up and talk to me and they're like oh i started like three weeks ago i'm like oh, okay cool <laughs> cool nice to meet you, you had the whole pandemic to think about if you really wanted to do this <laughs> and, and you said i'm still gonna do it i did hear that there's another kelly ryan oh i haven't met her yet me neither but i'm wow. kind of like okay we're gonna have to duel to see yeah. who can keep the name yeah. one of you has to die <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. The other one's got to go. You're the OG Kelly Ryan that I know. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'll just, I should just message her and be like, hey, have you thought about adding a middle initial? Yeah. Have you thought about M Ryan or something? Yeah. That's my middle name. Really? It starts with an M. Yeah. That was a good guess. Is it Marie? (laughs) No. Marguerite. Marguerite. Kelly Mm -hmm. Marguerite. I thought about going by Marguerite Ryan because it was more unique, but then I was (laughs) like, I'm going to, it's too long and I'm going to forget. Someone will say it, and I'll be like, "Who are they talking about?" I'm not oh, up yet. <laughs> oh, it's me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I'm using a fake name because I thought the other one was boring. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I, I know very very few comedians who date other comedians. Is this something mm-hmm. you talked about at all? Like, I'm curious. Like, what's that like? Like, how did you? I mean, because that's a that's a decision. That's yeah. a very. Like I have a, I have a few rules in comedy, which is like one, I don't sleep with any comedians. It's just mm-hmm. something I don't do. Mm-hmm. I don't even like, like smoke. I don't really get high around them or get drunk around them. I'm just like mm-hmm. I just do my thing. If people start getting too friendly, I leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like don't steal, and obviously, like don't let people treat you like shit. Yeah, so those yeah, are yeah. the 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 three rules I follow. But mm-hmm. you made this decision to date mm-hmm. another comic. Bruce is very, very funny. Very, very funny guy. Thank both you. At the, you're both at the comedy store. You're both very, very funny. I think Thank you're you. a great couple. Thanks. Um, but yeah, like, like, would you have any, like, things to consider when you decided to get into a relationship with another comic? Well, um, when I first started in LA I kind of knew because on one hand I had the same reservations like it's not smart to date another comedian blah Mm -hmm. blah blah and then I realized that I was at something to do with comedy every night there would be literally no other way to meet somebody so I said you know what if you do happen to meet somebody like this yeah what harm does it do you're not a i mean i have another ex in comedy who Mm. we whenever we see each other we get along fine it's no big deal and um but i mean i'm also not a very dramatic person in regards Uh to relationships we never we do not fight we talk out everything whereas some people aren't like that some people are more like okay well he pissed me off now i'm gonna tell everybody he pissed me off right i don't do that so it's and also we were very good friends beforehand so it was like neither of us would want to hurt each other Mm -hmm. and it's not just like a tinder thing where like the first step was oh let's hook up and then see where it goes we did not touch each other for a very long time (laughs) until we were like "Uh uh-oh yes we like each other a lot and um yeah so it was I don't know. I was nervous at first. He was very nervous. He was mm. like, you know, let's not rush it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like I'm fine with it. Whatever, right. whatever you think we need, then sure. Yeah. And here we are almost three years later. So. Yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, Thanks. And I, I like that you guys were, you know, kind of cautious in that way. Because what that means is you were respectful of each other and you yeah. both really valued your relationship yeah i mean i think the worst thing would have been if we couldn't be friends like that would just really suck because we just that's i truly believe the foundation of our relationship and i think that that's very important a lot Mm -hmm. of 
Um, my friends who are single, you know, mm-hmm. they like to do other dating apps and they like yeah. to initially have kind of like a sexual attraction with yes. the person. Yes. And I'm just not that way. I've never been that way. Yeah. Um, so Most I don't know if that helps. But are not that way. You're right. It does help because um, I'm getting similar advice from other friends. Like right now, like I, I'm like very much about the single life. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. very focused on single life. I'm very focused on like successfully achieving this notion that like womanhood can be a success is a success without marriage and children like i'm very Mm -hmm. stuck on that idea right now um so like i'm not interested in anybody and i'm not like i i don't believe in the the dating apps or any of that shit i don't believe in hookup culture either but Mm -hmm. i'm getting similar advice from another friend of mine who also has a very good relationship with her boyfriend of several years and she said Mm -hmm. um don't have sex with the guy that you meet that you like don't have sex with them for a really long time because you don't know each other. If you don't mm-hmm. know each other, why are you having sex with them? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like men will typically lose interest after they have sex with a woman, whereas a woman will grow more intimately attached to a man after having sex. And that is mm-hmm. for the large part, the stereotypical truth. Yeah, and that's what leads to women going. He's an asshole. He fucked me over. That, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. what? When men go, oh, she's crazy. She's crazy. You know, yeah. both people mm-hmm. are right and wrong at the same time. It's just the answer yeah. is they should have had a proper foundation, which is yeah. get to know each other, learn and to a lot more communication. Other. What yeah. are the expectations? Right. Where do we want it to go from here? I think yeah. a lot of women will say like, oh no, I'm just. I, I don't need a boyfriend right now, even though that's what they truly want, mm-hmm. is they want mm-hmm. that connection. Yeah. Um, and I've also been on the other side of the coin where I've, you know, done stuff with people and then I've said, you know what, I have no interest. And then the yeah. men are like, what the hell? Women aren't <laughs> supposed to do this. Uh, this isn't fair. I was told that you would be attached to me. And it's like, well, I told you what my expectations were right off the bat. I wanted right. nothing to do with you outside of this. So yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know what you want me to say fair deal yeah you communicated yeah i all it takes i think is some transparency yes you know um and if you ask for transparency don't be upset with the answer exactly exactly it's all about communication and truth and honesty with each other also yourself yeah Mm -hmm. we we'd say these things and then you know and then a lot of that shit goes out the window Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah well i mean i've definitely been the bitch who's like i'm not looking for anything and then, like, I see him on someone else's Instagram story, and I'm like, how yeah. dare. Heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it happens. It fucking happens. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I, I think uh, I think what you guys have is awesome. And thanks. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel very fortunate. I do think it's a rare thing. So it's I, rare. It's yeah, rare. I feel very lucky, but I do think that a lot of it is just it comes from a lot of honesty. I know a lot of people who don't, I mean, I think when you're friends first, you don't have that fear of like, like I have never cared what Bruce is doing on his phone, literally ever. Mm. 
And I've had people ask me, like, do you check his phone? I'm like, why the fuck would I check his phone? Mm. Even if I did, I'm sure it would be a group chat with all of his guy friends about something with sports or like a very inappropriate meme or something. I am not worried. Right. Something you don't care about. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Which demonstrates your independence, right? Yeah. I mean, if... I've also been cheated on before where I think uh, now that kind of like, I think that part of me is like worn out. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah. don't have the energy for that kind of shit anymore. Yeah. So if I, if something like that did happen to me, I would just be like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, I don't think I would lose my mind. I don't think anything, it would just be like a, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I'm taking the dog. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the healthier choice is usually one that comes with some ease, you know? Yeah. Some ease and grace. Yeah. 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 And that's something I'm learning like very, very recently. I used to think like healthy things, healthy decisions had to be brutal and difficult and a nightmare. But turns out, no, yeah. healthy choices are actually easier. Mm-hmm. They're right in your face and they mm-hmm. come with a lot of grace. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that is true. I think that a lot of the times we like push ourselves to think that something will make us happy when it really won't. Like for instance, with the guy that I was seeing who cheated on me, I was miserable in the relationship, but I wanted it to work so badly that I was just forcing myself to be in it. And like, and then of course, to no surprise, I was getting hurt all along in the process. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if I just step back and been like, I know you think you want this, but what you actually want is happiness in a relationship. You don't want him in particular. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. and I think that there's a different. We we think mm. people can be the key to happiness or whatever when it's just not. They're not. Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Huge. Sucks, and we can waste a lot of time, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's a huge realization to realize mm-hmm. that like no individual will ever be there to like complete you or you know that thing that tom cruise says to renee selwiger is incorrect she doesn't (laughs) complete him that's why she tells him to shut up (laughs) because it's wrong (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't work like that yeah no you gotta complete yourself you have to be a whole individual and Mm -hmm. meet another whole individual that way you can both be independent and not give a shit what the other person is doing on their phone yeah 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 because there's i mean i don't think yeah. yeah, I mean, he doesn't care what I'm doing either. There's yeah. just because it's like, who would I even? I yeah. You're you know both- what the other thing is? It's like also we are both so busy that I'm like, if you figured out a way to talk to somebody else, wow. Because <laughs> I don't have the time. I'm like sitting here trying to figure out if I have time to cook myself dinner later. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. So the fact that. I don't know. Like you hear stories of people who have like five or six dudes in their phone. And I'm like, how? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> that's because it's that's their whole world. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lot. Maintaining relationships is a lot of work. You're right. Yeah. And uh, there's I mean, as comics, we have like a lot to do at all times. It's not just about yeah. writing material and, you know, <clears throat> fleshing them out. It's also like all the other shit 
you know, like mm-hmm. the emails and the content and blah, blah, blah. The work never feels done. It's never done. There's more <laughs> piling up at all times. And it's also like, when is it going to add up to something? Yeah. <laughs> when is it going to yeah. finally break and make, like, mm-hmm. pave me a path? You know, mm-hmm. I was listening to Eric Griffin talk to Mark Marin the other day on the WTF pod Mm -hmm. and he was just like he started comedy in his 20s and then he Mm -hmm. quit and then he got back to in his when he was 30 and then he did a few spots mitzi shore was about to like fully lose her mind like she was like very much like an elderly woman at that point but Mm -hmm. saw him in the or and then said you're Mm -hmm. funny and then like a year or two later he was on workaholics for like seven seasons and then he just stopped having to hustle and bustle and do all the shit that I do every single day. And I was just like, man, like, that's the dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, I don't know. I mean, I think there are certain people who will just never feel like they're done, you know? Um, So, uh, yeah. Who are your top three comics? Like your gods? uh, Kathleen Madigan, Mm. who is, I, love her watch yeah. her netflix stuff i mean i just she's yeah. the best i love yeah. her so much uh-huh. um so her i would say i do love bill burr yeah so, uh, some of his shit i obviously disagree with but i do like the guy a lot he's a um, comic yeah mm-hmm. and then Nicki minaj oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she Nicki minaj and Nicki Minaj is funnier than most stand-up comedians, <laughs> I have to say. I stand by it 100%. There's so many people like that who are like, they should have been a comic. They should have been. They should. Yeah. Well, a lot of rappers are very fucking funny. They're hilarious. Yeah. So it's just, and she is just very silly and just, she's great. Yeah. I stand by it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Let me, um, let me ask you some flashcard questions and then we'll wrap Ooh. this. So, okay, the show that I'm discussing today is called Secret Garden. It's a Korean drama that came out in the year 2010. Mm-hmm. It was very popular, extremely popular. And the writer of that show is like one of the highest pay- paid writers in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions based on the show, like some scenarios, and you just answer like what you would do if you were in this person's shoes. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. So you're a, a 29-year-old stunt woman named Laim. And uh, you wear raggedy ass clothes. You're very tomboyish. You know, you don't care about looks and femininity. You're just, you just being a stunt woman is the most important thing to you. Okay. You meet a 34 year old rich brat named Chuan, and he owns a shopping mall and a bunch of other businesses. He has intergenerational wealth by several generations. He talks a lot of shit to you, but you don't take any of it. You always clap back. And he has beautiful, wealthy women who throw themselves at him, but he's not interested. He's, for some reason, he's hung up on you. He always comes back to you. And one day he calls you to meet him. So you show up and your bag has a broken strap that you pinned back with safety pins. And you notice him staring at it. And then he asks you why you show up to see him dressed like that. What do you do? I'm a stunt woman. Uh huh. I can fucking kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a backflip down the escalator in the shopping mall and kick his ass. 
Okay, done. What deal. happens in the episode? <laughs> Does she do that? No, she she gets upset. He Oh well yeah, okay, yeah. I mean he I guess shamed her. He shamed yeah. her. But she's very angry, yeah. 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 Oh, I'd be pissed. <laughs> Flip down an escalator. <laughs> of his mall. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, great. Awesome. Okay. So now you're the 34-year-old rich brat, Chuan, okay? Okay. You and your K-pop star cousin, Oscar, go on a motorcycle race through the woods, like on a bet. You're, the bet is whoever wins, like, will win the girl, Laim, okay? But she's like, she's a stunt woman. She's daredevil. She's like, I want to go too. So the three of you are like motorcycling through the woods and then Laim gets lost. So you go after her. And then you find her in the woods. And then the two of you just find a restaurant nearby to make a phone call. And the owner of that restaurant offers you food and drinks. And you and Lion drink the booze that they give you. And when you wake up, you find yourself. Okay, you're the guy. Okay, you find yourself in Lion's body. You have titties and a vagina. And Lion is in your body with cock and balls. What do you do? I feel like you have to fuck in each other's body <laughs> to figure out what it's going on from their perspective. No? A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the answer. But they don't do it. They don't do they don't it. They don't do it. They don't fucking do it. I would be amazed. I'm like, oh my God, like this is the body of the woman I'm into. I would be touching my own titties. I would, you yes. know, I would do it all. And then I would Take like. Take advantage of the situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it. They don't do um, it. I don't know what their problem is. Okay. Yeah. Great answer. <laughs> Amazing answer. Okay. So you're, you're back in your regular bodies now, right? Mm-hmm. You're lying. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have a part in a Hollywood film that you really, really want, but you missed mm-hmm. the audition. So your rich ass boyfriend, Chuan, turned the director's plane around, made him land in Korea so that he can mm-hmm. come and watch you for five minutes doing your stunt training at the facility. So you get mm-hmm. the part and then you find out what your boyfriend did for you. What do you do? Find out what he did. He turned the plane around. Yeah. I would just act like that I'm a talented bitch <laughs> and he had nothing to do with it. And <laughs> I wouldn't even say thank you. I'd be like, yep, I'm just that good. Sorry. <laughs> Amazing answer. Yeah. Is it, you didn't ask him to do that. Yeah. I didn't tell you to do it. Yeah. He went very, very far out of his way to do that shit. It's crazy. That's great. You're acting a little obsessed with me. Thank you. It's a bit much. Yeah. So thank you, I guess. <laughs> Never mind. You don't deserve it. Okay, great. All right. Um, okay, so you're you're lying again. Mm-hmm. Chuan's mother, rich mother, she hates you. She hates you because you're poor. She shows up at your house and tells <laughs> you not to see her son, right? Uh-huh. Tells you not to see your son because you're an orphan and orphans have shitty upbringings. What do you do? I would say, well, when I was in your son's body, I fucked me in. Well, your son was in my body. And she would go, what? And I would go, what? <laughs> what? Get out. Huh? huh? What? <laughs> Get out of my house. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you just have to confuse her. Because yeah. Yeah, what she's saying is so rude. It's like you got to baffle her and then make yeah. her leave. Good, uh-huh. good. I like that. Okay, yeah, okay. Make her spiral. <laughs> into a chaos of confusion yeah yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so you're you're Juwon's mother who just said all these terrible things to the woman that your son loves,、mm-hmm. but then you realize that the man who rescued your son years ago from an elevator fire was actually Lime's firefighter dad, who ended up、Whoa. sacrificing his life while rescuing your son,、mm-hmm. and you just said all these terrible things to that firefighter's daughter. What do you do? Can I cook? Yeah. Okay, maybe bring like a lasagna to the fire station. <laughs> Sorry about all that. <laughs> Thanks for the hard work out there, boys. <laughs> okay, I like that. I would imagine they actually don't make a lot of lasagna <laughs> in Korea, do they? <laughs> well, that's why it's special. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the only homemade lasagna in South Korea ever. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. So you're Chuan.、Mm-hmm. Lai Im breaks up with you out of the blue. She doesn't explain why. She just dumps you, tells you it's over, and then you find out later that your mom went to her house and offered her like millions of dollars to break up with you. What do you do? I would ask for the same amount of money that she got. I would say, well, if she gets money for breaking up with me, then I also deserve an equal amount of money、yeah. for being dumped,、uh-huh. right? Yeah, you're both heartbroken. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would use the additional three million, or、yeah. how much? How many millions did I get? Just f- several million. Let's say seven. Several million. million. Yeah. I would take that several million, <laughs> and I would go back to the girl and say. You can have this several millions of dollars to get back together with me. <laughs> so now she has what several upon several millions of dollars, and I've figured out a maneuver <laughs> to get around the situation completely.、Oh, you're a capitalist. <laughs> that's genius. Yeah, Thank you. Thank that's you such a、much. great entrepreneurial <laughs> move. You win. You win it all. Yes. Yeah. Amazing.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome.、Mm-hmm. Th- these are great answers. There's two more. Two more <laughs> questions, and we're done. Okay. All right, so you're you're Chuan, okay? Okay. You're that bratty guy, Lion gets into a severe car accident during a stunt scene, and the doctors say that she's brain dead, never gonna wake up. What do you、mm-hmm. do? I also try to forget this whole thing, the <laughs> whole. <laughs> well, looks like we went through a lot of trouble just to get to absolutely nothing. So. <laughs> So I guess I just take a nap, take a nap, and try to forget all of it. <laughs> wow, wow! You're you're so pragmatic. <laughs> like all your answers are very pragmatic. Yeah, like we said, with ease and grace. That's the healthier、yes. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh, yeah. I love it. Okay, final final question. All right.、Mm-hmm. You're Laim, okay? You wake up out of your comatose state. You wake、okay. up, but you're in Chuan's body. Your body is still comatose, and you realize that Chuan switched your bodies、uh, because of that thing that you guys have. Yeah. So that he can be comatose while you、uh-huh. get to live in his body. What do you do? Walk away from the situation. <laughs> Pretend that nothing just went down. Say thanks a lot. See ya. <laughs> I'll tell you what I don't do, though. I do not become a stunt man. I do not do that. I learned my lesson. I will not be going back to that profession. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, you don't need to. You have all this money yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> you have the several upon several of millions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. These are great. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for thank you for the time. It was a great chat. And I'll, yeah. I'm no, I had fun. Super soon. I'm gonna see you next yeah. week. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks so much.